What's going on, everyone? And welcome to episode 46 of the Bench Time Podcast with Brett and Todd Wiley of HOScaleCustoms.com. This week, we have special guest Ron Kleiss on the ep- on the uh, ep- this week's episode. I'm fumbling again, but we're going to roll it. And, uh, you know, uh, welcome to the show, Ron. I know we both just got off some really crazy busy uh, weeks. My dad was at the expo. Um, I had my run, obviously. And I know I was just talking with you. You said you've been running like crazy with everything you've got going on. So, um I know you have a lot to talk about. We have a lot of questions, so let's just jump right into it here. So thanks for joining us this week. Hey, yeah, hi, Ron. Guys. Hey, Todd, Brett, thanks for having me, man. This is going to be great. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> and and yeah. to, to say that you guys, that Brett, you ran uh, a little run, that's that's totally an underestimate. <laughs> oh. that's, that was crazy. <laughs> it was. 100 miles. Yeah, actually, we had a couple patrons ask about if I'd talk about it real quick, and uh, we'll jump into that a little yeah, we'll cover about the later. run. Today we will talk about the run, and we will. I'll give a we'll, little brief uh, on the expo as well later we'll on. We'll do it at the so. end. Um, yep. yep. But, but we want to jump into, uh, well, actually first, we, and, and you know as well, being a patron, which we thank you for, of our show. Um, no problem's worth it. We need to thank our newest patron. We don't get any of them that have easy names to pronounce, so we're just going to roll with this one. Uh, Jack Levez. Livesey, Jack Livesey. We're going with Jack Livesey. Uh, that works. He's a new patron of the show. Thanks a lot, Jack. And um, Ron's a patron, so thanks for joining us, Ron. Um, hey, no problem. And if you guys want to become a patron, you can head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash HOScaleCustoms. So, as you know, Ron, you can join in on this with us before we get into everything else. We have a couple questions um, from our patrons, which you probably already saw some of them. But, a couple of them. Uh, we're going to kind of make this one, this part a little quicker so we can jump into your section of the show. Um, so we're going to start it off with Lynn's first question is what style, what new styles of roofs would you like to try and, and see on models or buildings that you're working on? And I don't really have a new style. I can't think of a new style because we do all different types. Um, um, it would be cool. Okay. To see, it would be cool to see more of the shake ones, like my dad just did. Well, and I also saw uh, up at the expo um, best products. Um, best, they, they make the, the castings and kits, and um, they have a whole line. And they were uh, showing me. You can actually see the video uh, on our page, yeah. on our Facebook page. Um, but they have a whole line of. I think I said over 500 different types of shingles with different cut patterns. And some of them were just really neat. They had different scalped edges and uh, more, you know, some of the, some of the fancier ones you see yeah. in like new England or Victorian style buildings. Um, so, you know, there, there's that as well. I mean, you don't yeah. have to go with the same old shake shingle or rolled roofing paper. Yeah. I saw that on the video. That was pretty cool. They had the, the diamond cuts. And, st- and if mm-hmm. you look at some of these, some of these uh, elaborate uh, roofs on some of the nicer houses or something like that, they'll mix them up. They'll have like the regular square rectangular shakes or, uh, you know, even slate shingles, stuff like that. And then they'll mix the diamond cuts in there and stuff and like make patterns on the roof or yeah, even on the make, building. Makes it diverse. Um, where they have, and yeah, and it's really cool to, to kind of to jazz it up that way. So I'm, yeah, that's pretty that awesome. was nice to see. Yeah, and they got so many colors too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, sad, sadly, and we'll talk about it later, but but you know, the video didn't do justice <laughs> because I had such horrible reception in there. Even though I had 
um, you know, uh, I had some kind of a the well, hotel Wi Fi. Yeah, yeah I'm surprised it wasn't I, that I good. Actually, <laughs> I actually, I turned it off. I turned it off the Wi Fi and was using my unlimited data plan uh, because Fancy. it was just. Well, I was just afraid that you know I was going to lose. No. I kept losing the Wi Fi on the one second. Right. So. Yeah, but anyhow, um, I wish I could have shown it a little more in detail with a lot of things. But yeah, there was Ron's right. There was so many different colors, colors available, and different patterns, and you need to check that out. Definitely, and that's best. B e s t. Yes. You know what I have not seen though, in like a farm. And I was thinking, I saw this question earlier today, and I was thinking about that on my drive home from work, and and some farms like. uh, they had, especially in the older farms, they had like a, a thatched roof or, or something like that, you know, um, like, a, like a hay thatched roof, depending on what you know part of the country you're modeling. Ron, I know, is in the West Coast, and, and maybe with less rain and, and such out there in the West, they might have used, I don't know, you know, but a farm roof or something, something along that lines, um, that could probably be done as well. I just don't, something you don't see modeled. And uh, I have some ideas to that if anybody ever thinks to try that. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. Cool. That's pretty okay. cool. I never yeah. saw a thatch roof. That would be pretty neat. That would be it, that'd be <laughs> interesting to try. Well, you know what I would use? There's just stuff. And I, I and you can go to, um, what's that? The guy does it. The Australian guy does it. Videos. Um, uh, Lori? No, he does the YouTube videos. Uh, shoot, we talked about him on... Oh, oh, Luke, Luke Talon. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Yep. and yeah. he did he did a really cool, cool video on his out of uh, the Coco um, liner basket liners, and uh, you can get them at like any you know Home Depot or Lowe's in their garden department where they they line a basket with you know like a with flowers, and then, of course it's it's like uh, sits in the bottom. It looks like I don't know what it's, what kind of material material it is. It's, it's all woven straw, and then uh, you know it, you soak it, and it you know, keeps your keeps your plants moist. Right. And uh, you know, of course, I guess. But anyways, that would make great thatching. You wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to probably color it because it has natural uh, brown fibers and such. So you yeah. know, I would probably look into something along that lines. Yeah. That's, that's a stretch, anyways. If anybody does something like it, no, that'd be good. Oddly enough, the, the one the one material I've never used is the corrugated roofing. I've never done a corrugated really? roof. I, you know, oh. yeah, just I've um, I don't know why, but um, I've actually picked up some stuff at Michael's from the scrapbooking section that has some cool. Yeah, you, you, you got to be careful because you can it can be too big sometimes to scale. But they have yeah, they okay, have yeah, I know what you're talking. They yeah. have like pieces of they're like eight by. Eight. 10 sections of sheet um, you know like you use for a scrapbook page but it's corrugated and sometimes you can find it small enough to scale to work as a corrugated roof or you can buy you can just buy it a bunch of people sell it yep. yeah that's pretty cool if you go into Michael's and see uh, like that that uh, scrapbooking aisle or two or oh, oh, yeah. they have some really cool patterns that you can get some neat stuff out of there the possibilities and, yeah. are endless and Jason no, actually, and I, I don't know if you saw Jason Jensen had a thing where he buys the wood cutout letters or the foam letters and uses them for signs so that's why i just i'm working on a building right now i'm doing that with yeah i was checking out their wood 
or wood section. That, that aisle is pretty cool. It Some is. of the letters are pretty, but you know you yeah. can make for roof signs and stuff. Yeah. That you can get away. That's that's what I'm using them for. Is for you can make some pretty sign. bizarre things too. But there's like guitars and all kinds of weird little things you can put on top of of certain businesses. Um, you know, but yeah, like I said, you have to check out the sizes on some of it. So. All right, we're gonna move on yep. to the next one. Keep this Let's moving. Do that. Um, Jeff Fleischer asks. He was at the expo and he saw that Scenic Express had some uh, static grass applicators for thirty-five and some for ninety-nine dollars. Is there a significant difference in functionality to warrant paying the difference in price for grass applicators? Um, basically, what would what have we seen? I know ours isn't too expensive, Dad, and I don't know if what Ron's used in the past before or not. Um, but we ours is a cheaper now, one and it works great. Now I. Uh... I, I, over the past couple of days, I've been looking into the grass applicators, and um, you know, there's, there's some that are thirty bucks on eBay, and then they go up to you know, one hundred and fifty dollars for some of the knock ones. Um, but I think I'm going to go with a knock off. <laughs> uh, and um, ten years ago, I actually built one of those fly swatter ones. Yeah. Right? And uh, like with a tea strainer basket or something like that. Worked okay. It's just the problem was the like the negative ion generator type thing just wasn't powerful enough. Okay. Uh, a friend of mine, Larry Eggering, he he uh, gave me a link to a, a negative ion generator mm-hmm. from one of these um, you know electronics suppliers. Right. And uh, it's like the damn flux capacitor. Um, if you, it, <laughs> it raises the hair on your on your arms. And you can hear like, like the, oh my the, word. It, you can hear like the room like. <laughs> yeah, the lights dim. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, it'll it'll make any kind of grass stand right up. Um, but I was looking into one of the commercial ones, uh, and I'm probably going to go towards the. There's a Pico one that I was looking at. It's around seventy bucks, and it looked yeah. like it's pretty good. And it has a couple different nozzles, a couple different like size screens and stuff for different mm-hmm. um, fibers and stuff. So I might get one end up getting one of those things. Uh, I have one uh, that I bought from Grass Tech, and um, it's it's okay. It's it's the one that has the strainer on it. It looks like it was made out of a bug zapper. I, I, my only, we used it, and I've had decent luck with it, like Brett said. Um, it's tough to keep the grass the applicator sometimes when you're kind of shaking it, and there's times where things have bounced out of it. Um, but not only that, there are also times on it, and I'm not trying to knock grass tech. I'm just talking, you know, this, I got the, they have two versions, and I bought the cheaper of the two. Um, it, there are times where I don't think the grass is standing up on its edge like it should. And it looks like it's almost yeah. laying on its laying to the side. And I think it's going to be something that I, when we get into it a little bit more with our grass and, and which will be coming soon, I'd like to get into a, a better model. Um, and uh, maybe I'll look into that one. You said that was Pico. Maybe I'll look into that as well. I yeah. need something that makes it stand. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it, I was watching a couple of videos it seems like it's getting uh pretty good reviews for and for 70 bucks it's still reasonable i mean i can't Absolutely. you know I, I i see the knock and stuff it's like it's half the price of the knock like one, yeah. yeah and i'm like holy cow that's that's a lot just to have grass standing up i'll rather go use flock or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so um, so yeah we're all over the board so we have a cheap one and we get mixed results with it um and a, a couple other people chimed in saying they've Use the fly swatter ones, 
uh, I think Greg had a typo and he said fly squatter, but that's pretty funny. And uh, <laughs> and Greg asked the question about uh, modeling muck, and he attached a photo. So bad radio for podcasts, we can't really show you the photo. So we will answer that on our blog, Greg, and I will make a blog post before the episode's up to kind of answer how I would do the muck that you're questioning. And now the last... What's that? Okay, I'm sorry. I, real quick, back to Jeff Fleischer. Oh yeah. Uh, he stopped by our he stopped by our booth. Oh yeah. At the expo. Yeah. Um, introduced himself. It's great to meet you, uh, Jeff. And I hope you're listening here. Uh, and he dropped off that sawdust that he talked about on our show. Uh, not on our show, but on the on the uh, uh, Facebook page. And um, he he stopped by. Had a big bag of the sawdust that he that he has from his woodworking business yep. and and uh he had some of it that he died with a uh a, you know a, a dye he picked up at the hardware store right and uh it turns out it turns out awesome it's it's it could be used for some dark ground cover and, and otherwise it would have just been thrown away so right exactly it was very nice of him and i we do appreciate he also dropped off some other um little graduated vials and I'll, I'll show later on another show right. uh, in the upcoming future real new, real soon. So cool. thanks, Jeff, and, and anybody else. And uh, actually, we'll, we're not going to go into anything else about Lynn, but hey, uh, Lynn, thank you a lot. Yes. You, uh, yes. you know why. That's all we have to say. Yep. Um, yes. the appreciate la- it deeply. The last one, and this is, we'll, we'll wrap this up and we'll get into um, talking about some of your stuff, Ron. So Lynn is asking... Um, he's looking for wooden sidewalks, and I'm guessing he means like uh, like planked sidewalks or planked walkways. Uh, someone suggested cleaver models, but he didn't realize you have to download them and print on texture paper. Do you have any suggestions for wooden sidewalks? I'm just gonna go with the like what I what my my mind is going towards, uh, like a boardwalk sidewalk. That's the only thing I can really think of uh, for a wooden sidewalk, unless well, you guys can think of something different. Hmm. Um, but, but I would I, just I, can think of, I would make I can my think own is, yeah exactly just take a couple stringers run them down the, the walk yeah. and then run thinner boards across it like a deck yeah right um, um, as far as if you want it to be does he here's my question Lynn does he want a wooden sidewalk to have like boards or does he want oh yes that's exactly what he wanted I saw the I saw the thing now with the is. okay yeah so, yeah, you're right. I would do what Ron just said. Sorry about that, Ron. That's that's where yeah. my mind went, too. <laughs> Take your idea. Yeah, but just yeah. Break, break out the Northwest Short Lines to chopper and just yep. cut a bunch of, bunch yep. of you know, six-foot-wide boards. Right. That's <laughs> Hey, we all went the same direction with that one. So it's a little bit more work, but I think it would turn out looking a lot better. Um, than anything, Absolutely. Anything, better than anything you could buy. So yeah. did, you ever, did you ever work on your chopper? I, I was doing it just last night, and and you have I had a whole mess of strip wood out, and I had cuts. I needed a bunch of them, but not as many as I ended up cutting. And um, <laughs> I set it for you know to chop the exact length, and I had the radio playing. And next thing you know, I'm chopping and chopping, and, chopping, <laughs> and I <laughs> I lost track. I almost zoned out and went to Space World or something. The next thing you know, I got this giant pile of chopped. Well, I, I mean, I can use it. None of it's going to waste. But I, I don't. I, I cut like double what I needed, and I caught myself. I go, "What the hell are you doing? Stop! Stop!" <laughs> I, it was so easy to just keep working it in. I don't have a chopper, but um, but I've done that by just hand chopping. You realize you've cut like wait three times as much as you had 
to, that you yeah. really needed. No problem. Just pile it up and stick it next to you know some junk pile or something like that. Right. right. Well, I'm, doing a lumber, I'm still working this lumber mill out, and uh, so that'll be extra. We'll, we'll just stack it. Yeah, so. won't go to waste. But yeah. hey, well that wraps up our patron questions of the week. Um, okay. It was a little bit expedited this time, just because I'm excited to get into talking about what what you've been working on, Ron. So, um, how about you kind of just introduce everything to us, uh, since it's kind of you know you you've been working on it for a while, but it's newly launched. So, um, do you just kind of want to give us a rundown of everything you've been going through and everything you've been working to launch here recently? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my the business is uh, Mind Mount Models. M I N E M O U N T Models, M-O-D-E-L-S. Uh, I go to mindmountmodels.com. Um, I've been working on some smaller structures. That's a, the, the first two that I released uh, at the beginning of October. Um, they've been going pretty well. Uh, i got to still get the word out some more. Let the, you know, let the modeling world know that I'm out there. Right. But it's, you know, for being a, a month and a week or so, it, it seems like it's going pretty well. Um, I've been working on the newest model that's going to be coming out soon. A um, little bit bigger structure, uh, a lot of bit bigger structure actually, <laughs> um, and that's almost finalized in the design. So then the prototype's done, and I'll be uh, working on the the actual show model that you would see on the diorama. So I could start taking photos and and taking the pictures for uh, the construction and the directions and stuff. I really like to have my directions as detailed as I can get. Uh, I remember in some of your earlier podcasts, you guys are oh, yeah. grumping about some of the directions. So I'm hoping that mine fulfill your uh, <laughs> you know, your checklist. Hey, there's only uh, really two requirements. Just, is, uh, just put them as paragraphs. Yeah. Make sure it's paragraphs. Make sure it's not one paragraph, the whole page. <laughs> yeah, the whole page is one paragraph. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's pretty crazy. I've seen a couple directions like that. Um, but you know, they're all full-color prints, pictures. Um, there are paragraphed, and they're, they're put into different steps and different... Uh, Subcategories, I guess. Like you, you can work on the roof, and then you can work on the walls, and that type of thing. So they are broken up, and hopefully, you know, understandable. That's awesome. Um, you said color photographs. It's all color photographs. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's I love seeing. It. There's more and more of that lately. Um, some of your better kits that are coming out now, and that's a, that's a huge plus. Yeah. Awesome. I, I got a, a killer color printer, so uh, I'm putting it to use. There you go. Yep. I treated myself to a nice camera. Um, and uh, well, that know, makes it, a big difference too. Um, when it's not like a greeny little, you know, greeny photo. Yeah, an iPhone or something or other. You <laughs> know, the first few that I uh, did months ago, when I was just uh, you know hinting at like some of the um, the brick textures and stuff that I was doing, uh, that was just done on my phone. Um, but about two months ago, I treated myself to a nice Canon camera. You know, you set that thing up on a, a tripod and set the, the exposure and the apertures and you know the, the white balances and everything and and you get such great depth of field oh yeah uh, you know you can see forever just let it go for like two seconds or something like that and everything comes into focus and i'd it, be i'd be lost on a camera like that we yeah. don't yeah we don't talk about we don't talk about cameras around my dad he doesn't want he gets all grumpy <laughs> point and shoot baby yeah yep. point and shoot is one for me i, I did back. you know you know and this is kind of a this is kind of a a side note on cameras, and we'll get back to what you're talking about. I found a, and I ordered one, I have not gotten it yet, a um, macro lens that slides over my camera phone. Um, 
because my wife won't let me borrow her nice camera. She's got a nice Nikon, big fancy camera, and uh, she'll let me borrow it if I don't tell her. And uh, <laughs> for, is that technically for, borrowing? Uh, yeah, well, if I, if I give it back to her before she notices, it is. And uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, no, no, no. She's she's cool with it. If I, I've done a couple pictures of things on our on our wharf with it, um, and it turns out, like you said, it just makes the photos look so much more detailed. But absolutely, I'm excited to get this little macro lens that slides over my camera phone. Um, to take really close-up shots. We'll see how it works. I don't know. It might be garbage, but uh, that's the that's the wonders of eBay. You get things for like six bucks like that, and it might be great, and it might be garbage. So we'll find out. But I'll uh, tell you. so now your kits—they're they're all laser cut. Um, and now you do them. You do everything yourself. You're doing the cutting and the instructions and all that your own. Oh, oh yeah. Very cool. It's, yep, everything's uh, all all of me. Um, it it. Everything's great. I like doing the the CAD work is you know fun. Um, the the drawing, the building, of course, is always fantastic. It's it's great doing that stuff. Uh, the directions, I, I it's like doing it's like doing homework. So yeah, you have to force, sometimes you have to force yourself to get down and do them. Yeah, yeah, right. but um, but then I see the the end result. I'm like, okay, it was worth it. It was worth it. You know, I have some people, you know. Um, proofread it and stuff and they'll they'll pick out my little um punctuation punctuation problems and stuff like that so <laughs> i got a lawyer friend and he picked out so much stuff i missed i was like all right i'm not gonna send them to you maybe but, <laughs> but yeah, uh and you gotta be careful with that because then it'll sound like uh legalese instead of a uh, a directions for a model kit and um uh, yeah no no he, he did, he, he did uh, a good job. <laughs> my my wife actually was suggesting um you know, doing directions very matter-of-factly mm-hmm. without, like, any personality right. to them. But I like the directions where it's almost like a conversation, but you yeah. still get the point across of what you have to do in each step. Sure. So that's that's the direction I went. Almost yeah. like that, they're, that's great. They're, they're just as much fun to read as they are to build the kit. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I've seen that with several really good, you know, some of the, you know, I won't mention it, but some other model, model companies out there that put... Put them out. And well, they are, yeah, no, but everyone, they, everyone knows. Sometimes, makes, sometimes you're reading them, and they're. It's almost like you're sitting there with us, kind of expla- yeah. explaining everything, and kind of. I'm not a, not the story behind each thing, but you're. Mm-hmm. It's very. You can tell that it's more personal, and some of them are very dry, and it's like. It's almost like assembling furni- furniture from IKEA, where it's like, very bland and just. You don't know what's going on, and, you know, you get you get you get one side of the spectrum and the other, so. It's cool that you try to add your personality to it. Yeah, the personal touch is awesome. Okay. It makes it makes it bearable to write. Tell right. you the truth. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because well, it's yeah. you. I mean, yep. And, exactly. And the best, the, the one that I felt, I will mention Bar Mills. I, whoever writes their directions, when I'm doing their kits in the past, um, it always felt like somebody. It felt like Jack or Art were sitting right there in the room with them, showing me how to do it. I mean, it, that's how they write them, and, um, and yeah, exactly. They have they have good directions. I totally right. agree with that. Yeah, that, you know, felt like they were they were giving you a tutorial, and I think it, you know you don't get confused or lost. But yeah, that's awesome, and that's because you write it in a personal style. Good for you. So yep. yeah, they're go ahead. No, no, go for it. Nope, I, I was just gonna say they're both good guys, Art and uh, yeah. and Jack. <laughs> I, you know, I was talking. I stopped by Bar Mills back in August. I was up and on vacation in Maine. And uh, I got in touch with Art. Um, 
a couple weeks beforehand saying, you know, my wife and I are going to be in the, in the area. Would you mind if we stop by the shop? And, uh, boy, what a treat that was. What a neat oh, little sure. shop. You know, oh, yeah. it's, it's neat. It, they, it's like a, an old train station, but they squeeze a lot in there. <laughs> but so, they want to squeeze a lot more, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm and sure. when we're all done here, and we, we, we talk a little bit later on here, I'm going to tell you all a little story about. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, about Bar Mills and Todd at the show. We're never. So we're never. And I promised Art that I would actually. We're probably uh, never allowed. It, so. Now, because of that, because of my dad, we're probably never allowed to tour. We're never allowed to tour their facility. I guarantee it. We've been black. Oh, boy. Looking at your models. He's all thumbs. Uh, <laughs> uh, looking at your models uh, that you have there, um, I, I love both of them. And uh, I really love the um, the base shop. Oh, man, it's really neat. And the, the dock and everything. See, I like, now, obvious I'm going to counter dock. him. Hmm? I'm going to counter him. And uh, you like to work? I like, like the other. I the like the, the car house, yeah. Yeah. But, anyways, go right. back to the docks. So, I guess we're going to have to get both. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, um, now the dock doesn't come with it, correct? No, that's just part of the the, the diorama for the shows right. and stuff. Yeah. But you know what, though, it, the dock is the dock and the wall. If you just go to the your local craft store and you pick up, yeah. you pick up five dollars worth of worth of um, balsa or, or dowel rods, you're going to be able to make that. Not balsa. I'm sorry, basswood Bass strips. Wood. Yep. You're going to be able to make that for five bucks. Yeah, right. in a in a couple nights. That's what it took me to do. Right. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's it, it looks like I mean I'm I'm just guessing from what I see. I'm zooming in on your picture here. It's you got some uh now I have one question with how you did it and and hopefully you don't mind sharing. Uh obviously you roughed up your dowel rods and Exactly. Yep. You, I did that with a, I did that with the uh the hobby saw. Right. Oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. That's perfect. The wire brushes don't work very well for me. They always get all frayed and nasty, and it doesn't put as deep of a groove in it. Um, but did you just go over them with uh, various, obviously various stains, and added some depth and color to them? Yep, that was a hundred hundred line stains I used, and, and um, a couple shades. It looks like. Yeah, I did it. Um, two shades. The main ones I use. Let me roll over here. Uh, I know it's the driftwood. Um, and to vary it up, um, I'll do like driftwood and then the dark brown and I'll do driftwood and the light gray Okay. and kind of like vary the board tones. And then to get the, the gray patina, that's actually just, um, slightly watered down gray, like a, um, like craft paint. Oh, okay. Yep. Like you made your own wash. You just made your own wash out of a craft paint. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And kind of highlights it and makes it look like it's, uh, been around the, the salt water a little bit too long. Now my main interest is what did you use for the um, what would be like the bolts holding everything in, or were they like the little was, the little rust head, little rusty bolt heads you have? That's a uh, Titchy. They're Titchies. Oh okay. Yep, just a nut bolt uh, washer castings that they have. Cool, awesome. Now the windows, of course, are Titchy as well, and in that model, yes, in the okay. in Skip's bait and tackle, the um, the. CNO motor car shed right. that has that has two of the titching windows in the back that little bump out that's in the back right. and then and then the main doors where the motor cars go into they are laser cut in the laser uh, cut awesome yeah Very so cool. that's like one sixty fourth plywood I think it was yeah Very I cool. love laser cut garage doors doors and, that, and those anything are, like that the walls on the and now we're switching kits here guys uh, the the walls on the CNO motor car house are. Um, 
the That's main board wall Batten. is Borden Batten. Yeah, yep. looks very cool. Yeah, that all the all the clapboard that I have on the on the skips, uh, and then the uh, board and batten on the motor car shed. That's all from uh, Mount Albert scale lumber. Yeah, that, that's great stuff to work with. Jumping back to skips, uh, I see that it comes with. Um, now you said it has it has titchy windows and doors. The door that looks like it's boarded shut. Now is that that's a laser cut piece that fits actually in? that that actually has two doors on it. Um, but as I was building the, the, the diorama model, okay. I was in there looking at it going, you know what? There's not much space for any kind of bait and tackle. So I, I thought to myself, I'm going to just board this up. I even mentioned it in the directions that it's, you can optional, you know, optional say, okay, let's, let's board that thing up. All I did was just use some of the leftover scrap wood that's in the kit. Okay. Like from the trim. And I just threw a couple pieces across the board Hey, and, and, adds and to painted it. And, and painted it up like a piece of plywood and then some loose boards just nailed across it. Um, so I figured, hey, that would gain them some, some wall space so they could put some rods and, and tackle boxes and stuff up against there because as I was designing it and building it, I'm like, there's a lot of windows on here and a lot of doors, so it doesn't leave room for merchandise. So yeah, wall space. That's, that's like, yeah, kind of like the story behind the, the boarded-up door. No, I like it. Uh, yep. it, it and, and it adds some, some character to it, you know. It, it's not just a... It's not just a you know a boring, plain old door that you'd have on both sides. Yep. It you know it makes it look a little more, uh, little a little bit of an older building and uh, kind of a little more, little more little more of a story behind the scene. Yeah, that's a, I, I was figuring to have a little story behind the boarded up door. So, all right, let's jump over now. I have to ask questions, and this is a. This is one question, but it's a dual question for both kits you have out right now, and, and maybe the one that you're working on currently that you kind of teased us with. But the um, both of the buildings are they modeled after anything in particular? I know the one has a uh, Hinton, West Virginia. I'm guessing that means. Yep. Um, so I'm guessing that one might have been modeled after a prototype of a building. That's an, yep, that's an exact replica of the prototype in Hinton. Very I had cool. a few. I had a few CNO friends um, have their layouts, uh, and but both of them have the Hinton Yard in, on their layouts. And there's some other uh, manufacturers that had a few of the CNO, um, like maintenance way structures and stuff. Okay. But they didn't. They didn't have this particular. They called it Building 29. It seemed like they numbered every building in the yard. Is <laughs> it Building 29 uh, motor car shed? Mm-hmm. Um, and they said. If you could do this, if you can, if you can, you know, make this kit, because they heard I was talking about it months ago, and uh, one of my friends, Dave, said, uh, if you can make this kit, that'd be great. It would fill a spot in my yard, blah blah. So he emailed me that on Wednesday. So I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. I'll look into that. I found some blueprint like drawings on the internet, and I took measurements off of that, and and drew it up one night. I cut it out just on in like cardstock, I guess it would be like the nice. t-shirt cardstock type stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I cut it out on Thursday and pretty much built it and painted it up on Friday and delivered it to his house on Saturday. I happened to have him go on an <laughs> obsession at his house. I said, here you go. He's like, how the hell did you do that so quick? I said, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it was actually pretty easy since I had all the measurements off the, the blueprints that I found online. Right. right. And, uh, so that one is is pretty much exact to the prototype. Very cool. Uh, yeah, the skips bait and tackle is just an imagination uh, structure from mine, my mind. Okay. Um, I was at my old job, and 
uh, I was in maintenance. So I, sometimes you have to like watch these guys work if they're like out of, you know, they're offsite contractors and stuff like that. You still have mm-hmm. to you have to sit there and watch them um, <laughs> because I was dealing with pharmaceuticals. So uh, you know the, the FDA and the DEA and all that stuff. You got to watch people like hawks. So during that time, I was supposed to be watching these guys like hawks. I had a scrap <laughs> piece. Of, I had a scrap piece of paper and uh, you know a pen or a pen, and I started sketching some some buildings of this wharf scene and, and harbor area on my own layout. Uh, and Skip's Bait and Tackle is one of those structures that I, I sketched up. Oh, nice. uh, and this was years ago, probably like four years ago. And uh, so when the I started um, designing kits for the company, I was looking around. I'm like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? I want to do something small. And I was like, oh, how about that little drawing? And then um, so I was like, that would be perfect. That would be then a nice starter kit for me to sure. understand all of the processes of the CAD drawing. Like get your feet wet. Exactly, and I didn't want to have this huge structure, you know, that uh, mm-hmm. if it didn't work out, uh, I'm spending you know, days and months and you, you know designing this thing, and then I don't even know how to have it, don't understand how to have it cut out in the laser and all that stuff. So it was a beginning kit for me, and that's kind of like the feeling I wanted to to present to the to the um, customers and stuff. Right. Is that that's why I made it such a a, a good price? It's twenty five dollars, I think. Yeah. Uh, right. It's a starter kit for them too, and I, I kind of One. show people is you know you get this nice looking structure, uh, you can do it, and yeah. probably in a, quite a few nights, uh, and it only costs you twenty five dollars. You can learn how to to build a craftsman structure kit. Right. Yeah, and your prices a, are great. It's a it's a learn it's a learning kit, or for you know obviously for a beginner or or someone who's just maybe not a beginner in in model railroading, but what like we've talked about on the show before. Someone that's never done a craftsman kit, it's a great way. It's a great entry point uh, yeah. kit. But, Absolutely. But in the adverse, it's it's also for someone who has done a bunch of craftsman kits. You can probably either Check it out. you can use that and really go to town with it. And and it, yeah. even though it's such a simple, uh, easy starter kit for one for for another type of model, or they could really go to town with it and add to it and make it crazy. Yeah, I assure you, we're going to check it out. <laughs> I hope so. That's what I want people to do. I want people to trick it out. I want yeah. people to have fun with it, build these kits. Uh, definitely share them. Share them on the Facebook. Share them on my website. I'll, I have a gallery page set up so that people can say, hey, this is what I did. Here's like a picture of a, you know, the beginning steps, and here's my final product. Right. And share what they did with my kits. I think that's the coolest part. I just sure. had, for the first time today, uh, my very first customer, Steve, mm-hmm. um, I was talking to him at a, uh, a regional meet um, in New Jersey a couple months ago, and he got home and he bought one of those kits. Uh, totally surprised me because I wasn't even officially open on the business. So I was like, holy cow. Uh, <laughs> I got an order. Um, and he just finished it over the weekend, I guess, and he posted a picture, um, a couple pictures of what he did. And uh, I was totally excited to see that. It's like you know, gratification to see all my oh, work. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, holy cow, somebody built one of my kits. And Isn't that neat? Yeah, it's really cool. And I'm excited to see more of them. And I want to share. I want people to share what they do. Yeah. One of the questions we asked uh, many of the other kit, kit manufacturers, people that we've had on, um, was, you know, do you enjoy seeing it uh, when they take it and they get creative with it? And they, you know, they, they, they love that. I mean, every one of those guys, they love seeing that because they know – it is a structure they they designed, 
and somebody said uh, they liked it enough that they said this is something I want to take and I want to I'm going to order it and I'm going to you know they 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 don't want to see the same thing over and over that they built originally they want to see what they you know what what the modelers can do with their kit and every time they see something different they, they you know inside that you know as a kit manufacturer you got to be going wow that's cool that was mine and it, look what they did with it you know uh, no motor car house uh that one there, I was just looking at it now, actually. The, some of the people, roofing materials. The yep. Yeah. I can't wait to meet Tim Wares. Uh, uh, booth. I did not want to disturb them and walk up and say, hey, I want 10 or 15 minutes of your time so we can video. And the day went through. I, I didn't get to them. I, I really would have liked to spend more time with them. Yeah. Uh, especially since they're a sponsor of the show. Uh, and they do a wonderful job. But they had some... They give... They sell a lot of seconds they have big stacks of seconds and stuff sitting there on their table um big sections of wall you know in their seconds and 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 they just were constantly swamped with people going up and getting stuff and buying from them and and then of course they had some uh, free uh sample packs and things like that that they were giving out so um they were quite busy and they were busy talking with people i didn't want to disturb you mark that down what's it called uh i think it's narrow gauge model railroad um there's like a couple little knots here or there, like tiny little dents that aren't like the perfect basswood. So yeah. they really can't sell it as top quality, but you get right. a really good deal with some of that stuff. We, we did last year when we were at the expo. Brett and I both cleaned up over, over his. I bought a bunch of his seconds yeah. stuff. And some of the stuff, I can't, can't even tell the seconds. Yeah, once and, you paint uh, it and stuff, all. you're not going to even see it. Nope. Now, now, on this particular model, see no motor car house, um, you could run a thin 116th square strip. Or one, you know, maybe one thirty-second square strip, even something a little more narrow, and run it uh, horizontally, maybe six, five, six foot off off the wall, and do like a wainscoting uh, type thing, you know, with two tones, and that would be amazing looking um, uh, to give it a two tone look. I mean, this is just I'm looking at it thinking of how how I would yeah if you don't do that. if you don't do yeah, it by the prototype be right right. Well, I'm only, I only put the CNO motor car shed is because that's what it was, and yeah, that's what right. my friends were asking for. Right. But um, I already had a, a, a guy from models in uh, LV, Lehigh Valley, mm-hmm. and he said it's pretty close. I painted it to the to, to the CNO colors, right. um, as best as I could. It's funny because CNO they're they're tricky. They they have like light gray colors, and then some of the pictures you'll see it's like a weird green color. Huh. Yes. Uh, and I asked both of the guys, say, hey, w- what is the true color of your maintenance away mm. you know, buildings and stuff? They're like, well, it depends. If you're before this date, if you're after this date, you know, it's like, all right, you know what? I'm just doing the gray colors. <laughs> Being those like that, too, they have like, depending on what year it is, there's probably like 10 different shades of coloring that they use. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it can uh, definitely be confusing. But that, yeah, that's a beautiful model. And like I said, and the wainscoting that I was talking about would just be like, you know, something simple. I was just a suggestion to people if they wanted to, you know, um, give it their own little taste. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. Uh, yeah. Very simple to do. Sure. Now, um, we're going to shift real quick. I see you have two other products that you offer, uh, and they are the weathered brick common bond sheets and the uranium stone engraved basswood. Are they laser cut? sections of wood that you offer um, yeah. to just use for whatever you need? Yes. I, I do it in 
Uh, basswood. It looks like I'm I'm actually going to probably push more towards the laser engraved um, plywoods and stuff. Okay. Because, um, the basswood turns out nice, but the uh, consistency of the grain when the laser is going through it, um, it doesn't get as clean of a uh, an engraving just because of the variations in the wood. But with the plywoods, I've noticed when I was trying and, and experimenting on, I get really clean, nice lines. Um, and it's thin enough plywoods that you can still work with it. Sure. Right? And they're only 164th, 132nd type of stuff. Um, and it seems like it's going to be a better product going that direction. I do like the the workability of the basswoods right. um, for the weather brick and stuff. Uh, it'll work fine, but I also am coming out with a clean brick. Uh, and I also have some cobblestones lined up. I oh, have, real yeah, nice. Yep. I had a guy ask me just... Uh, I was notified today. Uh, he's interested in some of the, like, a weathered concrete for streets mm-hmm. or parking lots or something like that. I haven't gotten into that yet. Um, on my newest kit, I did, uh, the way the structure is, it's like an older building, and then there's a, a new addition, kind of. So it's a little bit newer materials. The older mm-hmm. building has a, a random stone foundation, and the newer section would have a poured concrete type of foundation. So I'm sitting there going, all right, this this foundation that I made, it looks kind of just plain. Because all I did for the concrete, I, I just did it with the, uh, the the plywoods. Right. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start adding some cracks and, and some some texture to this stuff. So yeah. uh, that was just last night. And I haven't even gotten a chance to print that out. So maybe when we're done with this uh, little chat, I might go down there and, <laughs> and cut it out and see what it looks like. Because I'm pretty excited to see that. Now, how, how thick are these sheets? They're four, four inches by 12 inches, but how thick are they? Um, the the Common Bond stuff, or the, the basswood, is mm-hmm. uh, 16th. Oh, okay. okay. So common. Yeah, just yeah. the regular sheets that was, you would have. Oh, the, that'd pl- be sweet. The, plywoods, the plywoods can go thinner. Um, but you get better, like I said, a nice crisp, crisp, clean uh, lines and stuff, especially for sure. the, the clean brick that I'm working on. Right. Um, they are um, 64th and 32nd, 132nd. Wow. Okay. Um, wow. And I have I have a question because of the... Ingredient. So with them being thin like that, that'd be real... I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead, Brad. No, I was just going to say with the um, engraved basswood, the way... Obviously, it's, it's not coming painted or... T- or colored like you have it on the site. That's just an example. But yep. the photo you have of the engraved stone, was that, um, did you fill that texture in with like a mortar, it looks like? I, just, I was just yeah. interested in how you did that to achieve that look because that, that looks really cool. And I, yeah. we're, we have I'm a lot of working, walls, so that's interesting to me. I, I'm going to be working on um, eventually getting some like how to. Uh, tip videos and stuff. Okay. Some quick things that I can embed into the uh, the website on how I painted some of these. Um, that was just some. I I sealed it with like a you know the regular Rust-Oleum. Um, I think it was like one of the camo colors to get the base color. Sometimes I'll do it gray. So you, you can get different techniques. I think this was a dark like camo gray or something like that that they have. And then I'll take some of the craft paints. Um, you know, like a, a rust color, a tan color, some some uh, light and medium grays, and I'll put washes or I'll dry brush it across some of the stones to give in each individual stone okay. a, a slight tone. So once that's dry, um, I took actually I think it was uh, Jimmy Simmons from the used to own Monster Monster Model Works. Right. Uh, 
years ago I heard him mention about using the lightweight spackle, like the fast and final dap stuff or something like that. Right, right. And I just I just rub it on with my finger, and it fills in all the cracks and crevices and stuff. Yep, I and, use that. And it works great. It's yep. a real simple technique, and uh, it's convincing. And then afterwards, after it dries, you could even um, you know, splash on some diluted uh, India inks and stuff like that to kind of tone it down if it's too white or something like that. Yeah, you right. get good results that way. Yeah, I mean, and uh, with this spackle, I've noticed if you work with that, it's um, a couple things. One, the place is that you're not doing, you're not, because you're working with wood, you're not having to make a wash. Just dampen it. Don't soak it. Just yeah, dampen absolutely. that sponge and just wipe over where, where you can apply it, uh, you know, over top of something for walls and such. And uh, that's and well, also plenty strong. I mean, oh, I, that's I, awesome. Yeah, building it up. I don't even have uh, like reinforcements on it for and, and any of the uh, like the board and battens inscribed and stuff. Since that's pure basswood, right. that will that will curl on you and stuff. And so you do have to reinforce that sure. with the, the strips. Yeah, and well, I have that's, that, that's I cool. have that in the directions. Now with the random stone, you say it's a little thicker, um, which is probably good because you're going to pop. You know. If you're using it for a foundation and you're sitting a building over top of it, you want um, a little playroom. Yeah, you want to yeah, fudge it. gives you a little more support underneath. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking to do them all in basswood and in plywoods. Mm-hmm. So okay. I'll probably offer them both. That's great. Yeah. And I, I still have to get um, cobblestone on there that right. I'm working on. Cobblestone would be sweet. I mean, I don't see a lot of cobblestone product or available out there at all that's done. I mean, there's some that's done in in the hydrocol, and there's some that's done in. Uh, I, I mean, I guess there is some some that do it in in the basswood, but I, I've not seen a really well detailed cobblestone that way. I, I know Jimmy, you were talking about Jimmy and M- M- Monster Model Works. I know he had something along that lines. Yeah, um, I think he had and I never got to try that, so I'm not sure how that worked. But yeah, that stinks. I mean, I was about to to buy some i was curious uh, i saw it in person but i never tried it in person you know i would right, and if you're modeling an old town i mean you might not want cobblestone ever but some of your alleyways and things that you know weren't redone over time um or you know in a timely fashion some some of the some of your side roads and stuff still be cobblestone even today if you're modeling modern stuff i mean i took that trip down to annapolis uh, with my wife last this, this past march and um, some of the alleyways, uh, even though the streets are all, you know, you know uh, macadam, uh, some of the little alleyways in between some of the homes and stuff down there are, are cobblestone. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I have I have um, one of my layouts that I'm building. It's a it's like a sectional modular type layout, and uh, it's in, in Philadelphia. And you know all the cobblestone streets that used to be in Philly. Oh sure. And with the tracks going through them and everything. Some uh, of that's still the, there when you go through the town. You can still see some of the old tracks stuck in the uh, pavement there. It's absolutely there. Uh, the, the layout that I'm doing is actually a, basically a one true scale, one to, to 187th scale um, plan of this one little branch line that is along the Delaware River off of Delaware Avenue. Um, it's, I, have, I have a Facebook page. If you look up Canal Street uh, branch right. line with my name or something like that, it'll come up. And that that has all cobblestone through the whole thing with the tracks embedded in there, so uh, 
I'll be using some of my own product, hopefully. <laughs> to, <laughs> whenever I get some free time, I'll finish that modular, that modular layout. And, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to using some of the cobblestone, too. And right. you find it, it this probably takes a lot of time for you doing this stuff, now, you know? I mean, yep. Now, now that you mentioned that, um, we've covered your new uh, kits and everything pretty extensively. You, you said when you get time to model... Uh, and working on your layouts. You mentioned you have a couple layouts. Uh, let's kind of transition into what you have uh, personally, what, you what you're doing personally for model and yeah. learning. I, I know that you say when you have time, obviously, <laughs> with, with what you have going on, it's probably hard to find time to work on your own stuff, too. But um, what do you have going on in your own modeling world? Well, I have two layouts. The one that I just mentioned is the uh, modular that I'm looking to bring to shows eventually. Okay. Uh, that um, it'll be a sectional layout. It can only get. It'll be sort of like a Fremo type of, of layout, um, but it'll only be able to be set up in one configuration for at okay. least my section. And then I'll be designing a like a transitional plugin at the end that'll that'll be set to the uh, the Fremo standard. So I could bring it to a Fremo show. Mm-hmm. And connect it, and then have this little branch line. Um, cool. That's yeah. That's in that's based in Philadelphia. If you go to Philadelphia and look up Canal Street, it's right off of Delaware Avenue. Yep. And the, the tracks and everything are still there. It was a quarter, about a quarter mile long, and it had twelve different industries on this small little quarter mile. Um, yeah, and it's pretty neat. I have I have like um, Sanborn fire maps dating back to 1910 or something like that. And then if you go on to you know, Google Maps, they got the 3D views and stuff. You can see all the buildings are exactly the way they are, they were back then. Um, so that's my one layout. The other layout, uh, I have another Facebook page for that, and that's uh, Mine Mountain Seaside Railroad. Mm-hmm. Um, you see a little, a little theme going on with the Mine Mount. Um, that's just uh, the, the street I live on is Mine Mount, so... That's where I got the name for the business, actually. Very cool. Yeah, I, I thought it sounded like a, it was a, a pretty cool railroad name type of you know, yeah. kit company. So My Mount Models is, is where that came from. Nice. I was going to yeah. ask you where that came from. That, that, that's where I live. <laughs> um, and the other one is My Mount and Seaside Railroad, and that's a totally fictitious layout. It's com- like complete opposite of the, the modular layout. That's a permanent layout in a room in my basement. Uh, it occupies 14 by 15 foot. Wow. And um, it's a, a walk-in style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a dual gauge. has HO, HO, N3. Uh, all, the vi- all the track that you see, all the visible track is hand-laid. Um, and then anything that's hidden, like in the back, in the yards or through tunnels or something like that, I'll, I use micro-engineering track. Right. Um, it has... The seaport scenes, like I, cause I, I like to, ha- I like the backwoodsy, narrow gauge type of, you know, oh, feel yeah, to that's stuff. Great, yeah, sort of, you know, the feels that the feel that you guys are doing that, that type yeah. of old, old time, you know, just a little bit run down, but not, you know, yeah. dilapidated type thing. Right. Um. So I have a a, a waterfront scene. I have some um, a transfer yard that's kind of like inland kind of in the woods a bit uh i have a big gorge scene with a um, micro-engineering trestle that i bet i built that that's a neat looking scene there that's actually the only scenic area on the whole layout is that big gorge (laughs) um the rest of it's plywood jungle uh a lot of there's a lot of people out there with with you know there's a lot of 
there's a lot of good modelers out there that are in that same stage, war test stage, where like half we got a little bit of scenic stuff, and then we got a lot of you know plywood, a lot of plywood, <laughs> and we're working. Plywood you know, it's getting there. Yeah, it's but you know what? There. If if you didn't have plywood, you wouldn't have anything to work on, right? Unless you could add on to it, you know. Unless you yeah. had you know, an addition, I guess. <laughs> um, now on those, uh, you have you have several. You said there's several websites to check these out. Would you be okay with us uh, uh, sharing those links when we post this uh, podcast? Absolutely, it's all through Facebook. The, the oh, two, okay. Yeah, I've already been on Facebook. I've already been okay. writing them down. So uh, okay, all, good. Everything good. he's been mentioning, we'll be having in the show links. Yeah, we'll link them up. And then, and then the main business has its own website. You know, and we'll make w- sure to list that as well. www.mymountmodels.com. There you go. Pretty easy to get to. And it's, I'm on it now. It's, yeah, definitely easy to find. Yep. And, you're, and, and it pops right up on Google at the top of your page when you type in my. Even if you don't have, you know, you don't put it all together, and maybe you, yep. you, you don't quite get how to put it all together. Just type in mine mount models, and and then that's it, and it pops right to the top. Hey, I, I like that. And I didn't even have to pay a Google extra for that one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they keep asking me to, but I haven't yet. Oh, yeah. Well, they, it's a they'll, unique they'll game, bother so you. it's going to pop right up. They'll bug you to pay. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, um, so um, with your – now, do you, do you are you in a club as well? or? I used to be in some clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, down in South Jersey, I was in a club. They were a bunch of nice guys. They had a really big layout in the basement of a uh, – like a performing arts center. Right. Uh, and then I was briefly in a, a club up in North Jersey. Now that I'm living in, in North New Jersey. Um, and that was in the, in the basement of a, um, a cemetery actually. So the neighbors were really quiet. <laughs> um, I also, in the past, I, I built, um, custom layouts for people. I've done that about four, four of them. Yeah. I've done for people and they ranged, uh, from, LGB uh, to Marklin HO, regular HO, Lionel O scale, and N scale and stuff. So, yeah. Wow, you've done the whole gambit. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, it was time consuming, though. Um, if I, a lot of the clients wanted their, their the layouts kind of built in place. So it, it took a lot of time being in their house, which I wanted to really, really get away from. Right. And I wanted to, do more modular, but a lot of them don't understand, you know, it's easier to, and, it, and it's better environment to build it, bring it into their, into their area, into their basement or whatever finished room they have and right. set it up that way. They'd probably get a, a better product than I wouldn't be killing myself being in their house all the time trying to right. build layouts. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was fun, but like I said, it was, it was a, a bit of a toll on the time. So, right. Now, it's kind of awkward too, I'd imagine, being in somebody else's home, doing the work, and having to borrow. The, hey, we need to use your sink for that, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just I'm just guessing here, but uh, yeah. we've never done it. But I know Jason uh, Jensen has spoke about that on his show with us a couple times um, about the fact that he he does custom work, and I've, I've been thinking about you know uh, do you know do your clients come and help you? Do your clients come and help you? Uh, a couple well, of them. One, one guy. One guy did. The rest yeah. of them, they they just had it built and and uh, they didn't want to fool with it. Let you do it. Yep, they pretty much let me let me do it. They would. I'd ask them. I would always say, you know, what do you want? What kind of feel? What kind of what, you know, terrain right. or cities or. So I get their their 
input and feedback and sure. and then um the one that i did do with lgb was nice that was actually all custom shelving that i did mm-hmm. in my work in my woodwork shop i built all custom shelving and that was all done in my shop so then i just brought the pieces in and installed them so that was like a couple days of installation so that was actually a, a real nice one to do and it, it came out great so oh, that's great yep that's great so now next year at the expo <laughs> we're, we're gonna see you there right we're gonna see you set up as a vendor right i sure hope so <laughs> if, if, I li- awesome. if i live that if i live to november i'm gonna be there <laughs> god willing i think you'll be all right god willing in the creek doesn't rise you'll right. be there yep. right. If there's if a creek rises to my house, we're in some deep doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm up in the hills, so. Now, do you have you done any shows yet? Um, as far as mine mount models? No, I haven't. Not yet. Okay. Um, just because I want to have a little bit more product. Right. Sure. Uh, yeah, I was I was sitting there debating. I'm like, do I want to like try and scoot up to the expo this year? I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to have it enough stuff in time to really make a a splash. Really. Yeah, you'd have to. Even even that you'd have to cut a lot of kits. I mean, you'd have to yep. you'd have to have a lot in supply and ready, you know, for sure. Yeah. So, so I was even debating on on Springfield. Have you guys ever been to Springfield up in Massachusetts? We, we yeah. have not. We have not. We're going to be. We're going to go this year. I mean, we're not going to be like we were before as vendors. Uh, Brett and I are just going to go and hang out and you know check it all out. You know. Yeah, I'll see you guys there. That definitely. Oh, that's awesome. That that's awesome. that is a spectacle. Yeah, that's what I hear. It's it's the first time I went there a few years ago. My wife came with me, and she's like, "This is pretty crazy." I'm like, "Yeah, this is pretty crazy, even for me." And I've been there quite a few shows, <laughs> but everybody's there. Everybody's there. And last year, I didn't buy anything. The only thing oh, I bought wow. at the show was uh, a bratwurst. <laughs> <laughs> I mainly went there for that's just as important. Though, the, the food is just as important. Yep, yeah. If you, I went for the, uh, for the camaraderie. I'll, I'm yeah. meeting all my friends, all these people I've met online. I mean, this community for this for yeah. model recording and, and for craftsman structures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. I, everybody that you saw at the expo, they'll be there. And, right. I mean, everybody you talk to, I'm telling you, fantastic people. And, and that was a cool part of it. We'll get in that here shortly, but um, that was a cool part of being there. Is I got so caught up talking with everybody um that it was saturday afternoon i was trying to do these videos and i got to thinking i was like oh my god i haven't done any shopping for myself you know because i've been running around talking to this person different modelers some of our listeners uh the clinicians and then of course i uh, doing the interviews and talking when i wasn't doing the interview i was talking with the vendors as well so it was like uh, i had so much i had so much fun with that you know, and uh, and I forgot all about looking at you know stuff for myself, and uh, which I ended up doing, by the way. <laughs> Todd, you talking—that's kind of unusual, actually. Yeah, hard to believe, huh? Yeah, it's hard to believe. <laughs> I can picture that. <laughs> yeah, it was so fun. I mean, everybody got along. You meet all of these friends up there, and you felt like you, especially our, our listeners, it felt like I've known some of these people forever, and uh, just. And that's just from talking to them on Facebook, you know. And exactly, yeah. Oh man, we were we had beers with each other and sat there for a long period of time up at the hotel bar, and uh, you know, it, they went out to dinner. It was it was sweet. I had dinner with the the one guy, um, Jim Donovan. Uh, it was it was wonderful. He's a great guy, great modeler, 
good good dude. And um, we you know we got to uh, you, know, you got to experience the personal side of this hobby, and and I think that's a that's a huge part of this hobby for everybody. Yeah, it's yeah. about the, it's about the the camaraderie, the, the right. people. Really, Absolutely. I mean, it's almost like I mean the modeling is is what brought us together, mm-hmm. but the people bring keep us together. You know, it's pretty cool. Sure. Not to get all not to get all mushy or anything like that. No, but, no. Right? But, uh, no, but yeah, you, that's what the whole right thing. If you're gonna like squirrel people. away in your basement and uh, not talk to anybody, and you're gonna be a little hermit guy in the basement with a you know, railroad cap on, and, uh, and nobody sees your stuff, and nobody talks to you, and you know, hey, that's someone. That might be someone's thing. I, how you, you're not gonna get the same enjoyment out of it, in my personal opinion. You know, right? So, hey, but, well, yep. teachers and. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, there's introverts out there. I understand that. <laughs> oh my god, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I <don't> know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I always had to go overboard. Huh? Nah, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Anyways, so um, yeah, so we'll, we'll be back to the show, the whole show thing. We will be at the expo. Well, my dad was already at the expo. I'll be there next year. Hopefully, you'll be there as well, Ron. Uh, it sounds like you're planning on it. Um, yep, I'm planning on it. And hopefully we'll run into you beforehand anyways. So we don't want to wait a whole year before before we run into everyone again. That's what I said. We'll see uh, see you in a, in Springfield. Yeah. yeah. If you yeah, guys we're, go. We're definitely planning oh, yeah, on definitely. going. And we'll meet up with you too and hang out. But uh, but I got to tell you the story. It's, it's oh time my for gosh. the Bar Mills. Oh, it's time man. for the Bar Mills story. This is. Okay. So I did the podcast, right? It was at like 23 <laughs> minutes. And... <laughs> This when is, we were this setting up, this is this is a really cool story. No, it's um, not. It's not cool. It's, it's cool. funny. It's funny <laughs> afterwards. All right, all right afterwards, right. it's funny. But um, and I but I kind of said I told other people I was going to say this. <laughs> uh, tell the story. Um, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, we're we're setting up on, on Thursday night, and um, they Bar Mills was right next to us. Okay, uh, to our booth, and they ran electrical cord over to us. And uh, we had to both share this electrical cord. I only needed the electric to hook up the microphones and the laptop and everything to do that podcast that Thursday night. I didn't need it for the show the next day. So I told Art and them that I was going to, at Bar Mills, that I was uh, great people, by the way. And I told them that I was going to just, after I'm done with the podcast, I'll disconnect it, and they can have the electrical cord. They can use it all themselves. Uh, what it, so what they did was they kind of ran it underneath the curtain to their uh, the front of their uh, their booth on their you know it was a it was a 360 booth like a like the big pop up tents that they have with the uh, well the canopy type thing. Yeah, I and, know. Yes, that big yellow thing. Yeah. Yeah, the big yellow thing. And um, eh, so, anyways, it was under this tablecloth there. And uh, I was all done. Those guys, Doug and Hal and, and uh, Bob and, and Jimmy, they uh, they had left. We made sure we were good to go. They were done with the podcast. I'm the only one in this entire vendor room left. It's like 9 o'clock at night. My wife left with uh, Dave Kruiswick Kris- and Jason Jensen and a bunch of other people. And Mom Jason's, went on uh, with all those guys without you. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Ma, I, no, I sent her with Dave. Oh, okay. To, that sounds so, safe. She was getting hungry. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, she was hungry, and anyhow. So I'm the only one here. And I went over to unplug my 
I went underneath his tablecloth to unplug <laughs> the uh, cord. And as I was coming out from under it on my back, um, I reached up and grabbed the edge of the table to pull myself up. Okay. Now, all his display models are all the way around it. They're all encased in plexiglass boxes. Gorgeous. <laughs> totally tricked out with every type of scenic detail. And uh, gorgeous stuff, by the way. And as I'm pulling myself up, I find out it's not a table at all. <laughs> it's a piece of pro- uh, press wood board that they put between uh, the two long tables on either side of the aisles. Oh, boy. Okay? And they were screwed in with little drywall screws. And uh, they, but apparently it wasn't strong enough for my, for me to pull myself up. And I didn't pull real hard, but it came down about four inches on the one side, and the whole thing starts to slide. And luckily there were boxes stacked up, cardboard boxes stacked up underneath, so it only dropped about four inches. But all the stuff on the pedestals and stuff were starting to slide off these these boxes. And I'm like reaching up, and I'm like. It looked like a Lucille Ball show, and I'm grabbing all these boxes with my hands. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, my God, I could use an extra person or two to help me out. And once I got everything, nothing nothing got damaged. Nothing. There was no damage or anything. Oh, nothing fell off. Um, nothing came off their pedestal, but I, I got them all. And I had to end up placing them in all these different places, that other places around the 360 display where they had some blank spots, and I just kind of sat in there. And I figured, well, in the morning, you'll have to fix this, you know. <laughs> so I went upstairs and uh, went up uh, up into the hotel in the in the lobby. Well, they had a, a lounge there. And uh, some of the guys, uh, one guy from that was helping Bar Mills, I didn't know Bob Mitchell was, uh, I knew who Bob Mitchell is, but but I he was there helping them set up. So I thought, well, he works for them this year. I don't know. You know, you guys help each other out from year to year. Yeah. And, um so I went up to Bob and I was like uh, telling Bob his whole sob story. I was like, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry." I, I, I was I, I was genuinely horrified. My heart was thumping in my chest, you know, when it happened. And and so now I'm feeling bad because I wrecked this basically. You know, I mean, with the exception, I didn't do any damage whatsoever. But um, but then the rest of the the next day, I went and talked to Art. Uh, Bob said, "Well, I don't work for them. I was just helping them out." <laughs> and uh, great, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go tell Art, you know. So the next morning, I told him, and he was he was completely understanding. However, they harassed me uh, and and Bill Sartori from uh, Microlumina and all those guys. They were giving me a hard time, saying, "Make sure you stay within your force field away from our stand." And, <laughs> and, and, don't knock, you know, every time I come close or walk by his uh, the front of his thing and Art would say, now you stay away over there. You need a five-foot radius away from him. It was, it was just really funny. Uh, bull um, in a china shop. <laughs> it was just one of those things. Uh, so I told them I would, uh, I would definitely be talking about it on the podcast, which I, I just did. So, yeah, <laughs> That's it, pretty it, funny. It was, it, was, it was actually scary. It was a scary moment. I'd have felt, I, felt, I felt like an inch tall. When I was first, done, you know. First trip after after that incident was your your hotel room because you had to go change your underwear. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I almost wrecked their entire. Show. We almost just had yeah. to buy. We almost just had to buy all of Bar Mills display. <laughs> right, and so in the interview with them with Art, you I had one hell of a layout. Then. What's that? You have one hell of a layout. Oh yeah, yeah that was <laughs> awesome. I'd have been uh, broke poor, but I mean, hey, what the heck. Um, <laughs> 
this hobby already takes you there anyway, so you might as well uh, just throw throw the rest of it in there. Um, but I did the interview with Art at the end of Saturday, and uh, he said about yeah, he watched this guy; he's got big elbows, and yeah, so that's where that came from. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a good time. It, it was so fun, and they were they were good sports about it, and uh, very understanding. I mean, yeah, so. Um, it was just they, the screws weren't put up there real tight, and it's just one of those things. So, hey, but, it uh, happens. Yeah, it looked like a table to me. So, <laughs> uh, anyhow, that was the end of the story. But no, it's um, good. It's good. <laughs> so, um, yes, we had talked about briefly, and I won't let this go on too long. If you guys don't mind, um, a couple people had asked about my run. So while my dad was tipping tables over. Um, and I know we have a lot of listeners that had approached my dad about my run. Um, oh, I want to mention something too there. Go for it. No, go for it. Go. All right. Before we get started at the show, I want to thank, uh, the, the, the organizers of the show, uh, Doug, uh, Foscali and, uh, Jimmy Deegan and Hal Reynolds and Robert Seckler. Um, and the show itself. Then I also want to thank. Um, and, you know, and I'm doing this on behalf of me and Brett. Um, but I was there when they came to me and shocked me, uh, asking if for the raffle, if they could donate to, uh, the warrior journeys that Brett's going to talk about here and the run that he was doing, uh, right. for cancer and autism. But I, what, what I really want to thank too, are all of the people at the show who bought the raffle tickets. I know some of you did that uh, graciously out of your hearts and, and the vendors who donated uh, product for that. So that was, that was uh, a very touching heartwarming moment for my wife and I, when we were there because of Brett's run. Yeah. Thank you and, again. And like I said, I won't, I won't eat up too much to show about this, but a couple of people had asked about, asked you personally, dad, about how I was doing on the run. And uh, a lot of listeners, us. A lot of listeners had heard a couple times about what I was doing, so if you guys don't mind, I'll jump into it real quick. Um, but yeah, I, I ran 100 miles this past weekend. Uh, sorry if I talk about it like it's nothing to me, but it hasn't really quite set in that I've done it yet. If that's weird, I don't know if that's weird or not. <laughs> but uh, it, it it's been taking me some time to realize like that I did it. So. Um, we had one question from our patron, um, Bob Johnson, and he was asking if we could kind of, if I could kind of elaborate on what it was like and what I learned. So this kind of goes with model railroading a little bit, uh, and I, I learned a little bit, I learned to be patient with myself, and, uh, uh, and not just with that run, but for the whole year of training, you need to be patient with any result that you're trying to get. So that kind of relates to model railroading as well. You can't force, you can't force anything at all. But, um, it was, uh, it was quite an experience. It was a hundred mile run. There was 15,300 feet of vertical climbing over a hundred miles. And, uh, the one question, so Bob had asked that and then Jeff uh, Fleischer asked, and I told him I would elaborate a little bit more. I had put on a patron-only page because Bob had asked about my my average mile times. Uh, I put all my splits up, so every mile there's a, a, a time that changes, like your average mile. And uh, Jeff was asking why there was a couple 26 and 35 mile stops, and of course some of them. I mean, 
26 and 35 minute miles on that. Well, you don't stop timing the whole time you're running and you do stop to eat and you stop at checkpoints to get checked in and make sure you're good health wise. Um, but <laughs> there was one 35 minute mile and that's because, uh, at mile 83, I, um, I blacked out and, and pla- I passed out on the trail. So, uh, I, wow. yeah, I, the guy that I was running with, he's called a pacer. He's there at later in the race. They're there to help you make sure you don't get in trouble or get hurt. And, uh, I got sick, leaned against a tree. He tried to get me moving again. As soon as I started to move, I, um, I couldn't see anything. Everything was just like, I had a bad night drinking and, uh, uh, told him, I'm going down. So I went right down the trail, face first, laid there. He let me lay there for two minutes uh, until he got me back up and uh, made me boogie again, made me boogie down the side of this mountain again. But uh, yeah, I passed out at mile 83, blacked out completely, uh, woke back up and just kept running for the next 17 miles till I finished. And uh, I just learned, and Bob, um, Bob and um, Jeff were both just asking what I learned from it and what I took away. Uh, really, I just took away that you guys can do anything you want from it, and this is completely unrelated to model railroading, but it kind of recaps what I've talked about a couple times on the show with my whole year in, in doing this, is uh, anyone can do anything they want. Maybe not run 100 miles tomorrow, but uh, whether it's modeling or whatever you're working on, you just learn by doing things like this that it just takes patience to do whatever you want, and you can do anything you want. Uh, I was never a runner in high school or college or anything. I just started doing it after I was out of college, I guess. But, um, but yeah, so I, I want to thank anyone that listens to the show that supported this side, this side thing that I was doing, whether you donated to our cause or you bought raffle tickets or you just gave me a congratulations on my page or my Facebook page. Uh, it all meant a lot. So I won't eat up too much time with it and that's really it. But I just wanted to cover that for a few of the people that asked um, yeah. It was a wonderful. About it, it's so. a wonderful community. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought model railroaders would have been so interested in a, a run that I was doing? You know, in, I think it was. I think it was for the causes, obviously. Yeah, we um, I, a total in total, um, we raised uh, four thousand nine dollars for uh, organization for autism research and the American Cancer Society, and we'll split that fifty fifty between both causes. So. Oh, that's fantastic. But, yeah, that was my little plug on that, and I just want to thank anyone that's helped me this whole year with that goal. So it's been awesome. And the contribution from the The, uh, the expo expo was was $661, and that will also get added. That was part of the total that will get split. That was amazing, and thank you again. Yeah. But uh, congratulations, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, so I, like I said, I didn't want to take away from the show, but um, a, a couple people were asking about it, so I figured I'd plug that in here. Um, yeah, we try to keep it Monroe related, but uh, <laughs> no, listen, the Monroe community helped out. Absolutely, that doesn't take away; that just adds to it. That, right. that brings a human element. And it was <laughs> and it was kind of touching to me because um, I believe Mom actually texted me about it the night before yeah. my run. Uh, so I'm, I'm like prepped and I'm getting ready and all of a sudden you guys are at the expo and mom t- says that, uh, um, was it Jimmy approached mom yeah. and she, and Correct. he told her about the, the, him, them donating it. And that was kind of like a, you know, I wasn't there to, to, at the expo, but then mm-hmm. right at that moment I was like, oh, I kind of feel like I'm there because, you know, it, it's a cool family of, of 
it's a cool family model railroading is, and it was neat that they, you know, decided to do that. So it was, it was really touching, and um, it just shows you that the model railroading hobby is more than just model railroading. It becomes a family. Right. So that's yep. that's our sappy moment of the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get the tissues, right. guys. But uh, no, but I want to thank them again. That was a big thing. So yeah. Um, and Ron, we want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, for sure, and um, we're glad you uh, were able to, you know, talk and expound on uh, my mount models. And uh, definitely, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna. Well, I guess Brett already ordered something from you. That's too late. But, but um, I got it. Uh, <laughs> Very cool. Thanks, and, man. Um, but um, we're, uh, you know, if definitely want. If you guys want to check out, out there. I know we said it earlier on the show. If you guys want to check out Ron's um, site, it's just mindmountmodels.com. We'll have a link in the show description. Um, right. He's got a couple products on there, and he teased us tonight with that new kit that he's working on. So Yeah, he didn't really expound on that very much. <laughs> That's okay. We're not asking you to. We're not asking you to. But, uh, you know, check out it's everything he's got going on. He also has uh, Mind Mount Models on Instagram and on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yes. Check it all out. It's uh, a lot of. He's got some cool products up there. The sheets I'm also interested in, just because you yeah. can do anything with them. They're, that's a, oh, that's yeah. a, That's like that's like a blank canvas. Yeah, we yep. love that kind of product. That's cool. Now, on yeah. the inst- on the Instagram feeds, that that's more of the behind the scenes. So you will get little hints and clues to what I'm right. coming up with and stuff. So, oh, cool. um, you, um, yep, if- were you the one that threw the video? Oh yeah, you did. You're, you had the video of the laser cutting up there. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. is like, you ever, okay, this is such a side, this is like, I'm rabbit holing real, real, real bad right rabbit trailing, whatever you call it. Uh, you put the videos up of the laser cutter, and you ever see those videos, they're like the visually pleasing videos, like. Oh, yeah. That, yep. that video, that's such a vision. I don't know why it is. I could watch that all day. That The lines being cut in the material is such li- a... Li- listen, when when you see it in person, and you know, I, I, now I've done it quite a bunch. <laughs> you know, I do it all the time now. Yeah. I, I'll hit the start, and I, the laser starts going, and it's almost like a cat and the, and the laser light. <laughs> you know, the laser point. You're, like, you're just drawn to it. You just like look at it, and you're like, man, that is just so cool. I could watch that <laughs> yeah, all day. It might... It might wear off after a couple of years, maybe, but still, I'll sit there and watch it sometimes. Like, all right, come on, come on. well, that's cut. Let me go do some work. I'm like, I don't look for... and it's, I, it's really neat. I do have one more question for you, and this, I've we've had a bunch of manufacturers on the show, and I've always wondered this. And now you're probably the perfect person to ask because you're, you know, you're 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 not you haven't been doing this for 20 years or so, and you, as far as laser cutting kits and everything, but when you're getting ready to run a bunch of kits or it's your first it's your first one of each build that you're doing do you yep. laser cut the first one this is probably really an elementary question but are you laser cutting the first one by itself and then doing them all in a batch after that to make sure you did it right the first time yeah, I'm imagining you do yeah after after I do the the CAD drawings then I'll start doing some prototyping okay and then I'll some some a lot of times I'll just do it on again the, like the cardstock, cardboard type stuff, right. just to get it out of the the two dimensional computer screen CAD drawing and throw it into the three D world and just see how the pieces fall together. Uh, and then I get satisfied with that, and then I'll go and start cutting it out on the actual clapboard or or um, board and bat whatever it might be in, 
and I'll build a, a model of that and because that might be a slightly different thickness of the walls and stuff like that and how they interact mm-hmm. um, I'll start I'll either add on like a sixteenth of an inch to a wall or take it off a sixteenth of an inch or you know I'll tweak the design just a bit so that it's an easier build for for people right um, if it was just a, a one-off that I was doing if it was just a, a scratch build um, I would probably just you know live with it fill it in whatever but I have to sit there and I have to think okay this is a kit that you know, somebody brand new might be building for the first time. So right. I got to try and make it as best as I can so that it's an easy build for them. Right. And uh, then, then I'll, I'll get oh, through sorry. that first prototype. And then I'll, like on this bigger kit, I'm doing a second prototype after I did all those tweaks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it, this one's pretty much done. Um, okay. I'm satisfied with that. But I don't paint it. I don't stain it. I'll, I'll just put on like the, the bracing. I'll put on, I'll build the, just the raw wood. Right, and then now that I'm satisfied with that whole thing, then I'm I'm going to do a third run on this this particular kit, and I'll build it and paint it and take the pictures for the instructions and do all that stuff. Okay, now I am on your Instagram and you have three teaser pictures of your. I'm guessing it's your newest one, so it looks like there's a lot more angles and and fun stuff involved with this one. So it's a, it's a lot bigger. Yes, uh huh. I'm excited to see what you come up with here. Whatever the whatever the evil genius. My brain is working on with this one. I'm excited for it. it. It's it's still new. I'm still new to this, so we'll see how it comes out. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Very cool. Very cool. Well, hey, Fantastic. you guys can head on over. Best of luck with that too. Thanks, like, thanks, guys. And like I said, make sure you guys head on over to those pages and check out what he's what he's got up his sleeves because uh, it's it's fun because it's new and exciting and uh, I don't think. You can have enough of, of uh, variety with different types of kits and manufacturers in this hobby. So we're very excited for what you're coming out with. Very cool. Thanks, guys. And me too. Awesome. You got it, sir. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And I guess that's a wrap for us, Brett. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to roll. I, uh, yeah. I, we've covered a bunch tonight. So thank you, Ron. You did. Yep, no problem. Thank you, guys. I Ron, appreciate you it. have a great evening. And thank you, everybody. And uh, peace out from us. Keep mile railroading. 